out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good afternoon and welcome to Sports Info UM. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and let's all get ready for a Happy New Year. Man, 2013 is just in a few more hours and I know everyone has got to be excited. But hey, let's don't party too much. Let's don't drink too much. Let's don't do too much of nothing too much. But welcome to the Sports Info UM show. Hey, Sam, what's going on? This is my man, Sam. Beside me, our name is Daryl Oliver. Both of us are national champions from the UM, University of Miami on my side. Sam, what's going on? That much, Daryl. Uh, just had a had a Merry Christmas. Looking forward to a Happy New Year. I hope all of our listeners are, are getting ready and preparing for the new year. Would like for everyone to be safe and make smart de- smart decisions. Uh, it's been just a big year in sports, and uh, you know, uh, 2012 is coming to an end. I'm very excited for uh, 2013 and what's ahead in the sports world. Well, Sam, a lot of things are, are going on in, in the 2012. Uh, well, we know who our two teams are going to be playing for the NCAA Division One National Championship is. And one of them played for the National Championship last year and won the National Championship. University of, Al- University of Alabama won the National Championship last year and looked like they have an opportunity to win again this year. So, hey, that's one of the things that definitely happened in sports last year is one National Championship. Let's do it again. Hey, I, I tell you what, that's a game that I'm uh, really excited for the um, University of Alabama uh, get a chance to defend their national championship. They'll be going up against a very uh, battle-tested Notre Dame team, a team that no one really gave a chance to this year. Uh, coming into the uh, season, Notre Dame was ranked 25 in one poll, and they were not ranked in the other poll. It's just a testament to those young men at Notre Dame. They beat everyone that was on their schedule, including my Wolverines, including your Miami Hurricanes. But uh, I, I tell you, they're going to have their toughest test to date on January 7th in Miami in the Orange Bowl when they play against the University of Alabama. Um, you're talking about a Nick Saban team that's uh, re- really, really battle-tested from going through the SEC. Uh, they've been in the big game before. They're going for their third national championship in four years. And uh, I I really feel that this game is going to come down to defense. Uh, this is a matchup that Notre Dame wanted uh, to play the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, you would think, why would you want to play the defending national championship, the cream 
of the crop in the SEC, the conference that everyone says that it's the best conference in the nation. Well, I tell you why Notre Dame feels that Alabama is the better matchup because Alabama to me is a very one-dimensional team, but what they do, they do it really well. They run the ball. Everything's with Alabama starts up front. They have big linemen, big physical linemen that they want to run the football. They get upset when their coaches call a pass. They have two tailbacks and Lazy and uh and the young fresh T.Y. Uh, Yeldon out of Alabama. That's uh that's really gonna run downhill. They have two different running styles. Uh, Lacey's more the bruiser. Yeldon is the kid that can turn a corner and take it all the way. Uh, Alabama's gonna play action past you, and uh, to me that just plays the Notre Dame strengths uh, in a defense that's geared to stop the run. And, you know, Sam, um, another thing that happened this year in the NCAA football is, hey, we had a freshman win the Heisman Trophy uh, from, the, um, from Texas A&M. Johnny Football won the Heisman Trophy. A lot of people are um, still concerned if he's going to be able to duplicate what he did this year, next year. But let's be happy for this young man who won Heisman as a freshman. Uh, I just think last year, a year and a half ago, he was playing high school football. Uh, you know, that's a little skewed to me. And, you know, uh, you can't take away anything that the young man did. He won the Heisman Trophy, but he's not right out of high school. So let's, there's a, a big difference between being a true freshman and a redshirt freshman. A redshirt freshman, you've been in school for a year. You had a chance to learn the playbook. You had a chance to, to be on the diet program, to be in, involved in program but um it's still a great honor for him to have a chance to be the first heisman trophy winner to repeat since rg griffin did it for ohio state so uh, you know i'm looking forward to that now that uh, everyone saw johnny football play uh are the voters gonna are, are they gonna have had enough of johnny football you know that's what i want to know because now he really has to impress if he's gonna have a chance to repeat as the Heisman Trophy winner because now all of the little things that everyone fell in love with, they're not going to be loving him so much. They're going to expect him to go over and beyond what he did this year. And fair or unfair, that's just the way our society is. I agree. And, uh, you know, and his, the microscope is going to be on him in a big way. I'm sure he's going to have more pressure on him than he's ever had. Um, he, You know, he has a lot of good talent around him, and I'm sure they're going to try to alleviate as much pressure as they can, but it's going to be a, a serious demand for his attention, for his time, and you wonder if he's going to get focused next year as he was this year. But, Sam, you know, let's go right back. Let's go a little bit into this NFL. You know, last year, Peyton Manning did not play. You know, um, in, in, in 2011, we all questioned, would he ever be able to play again? And here it is. In 2012, we saw what some consider to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game come back and play at a very, very, very high level. Peyton Manning did this. Um, and, and, man, this is, like, unbelievable. Right before your eyes, you see this man coming off of four neck surgeries. And here he is playing at a level, taking his team deep in the playoff already. Maybe maybe taking his team deep in the playoff. And has already clinched the playoff berth. So, man, this looks like the old Peyton Manning. Not some guy that we thought that was going to be crippled and hobbled and not going to be able to perform at the level he once did. Wow. Peyton Manning is uh, he's he's having an outstanding year and uh, uh, the the difference is he's uh he changed cities but he's getting the same results uh, he's making uh, 
average receivers in Denver, in my opinion, become Pro Bowl caliber players. Uh, he is the difference in that team fighting for playoff spot. And uh, and right now, like you mentioned, they 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 have already secured a playoff spot. There's there's no wishing and hoping that a, a team loses. Uh, it, it's a big difference than the Denver Broncos. Tim Tebow that uh, struggled to get into the playoffs and and knocked off the Steelers and um, the Denver Broncos that's led by Peyton Manning. A lot of people said, hey, will he be able to come back? Will he have the same velocity on football? Uh, You know, Peyton just kept quiet. He worked. He called guys out uh, to uh, to university. He worked out with uh, his old coach, uh, Coach Cutcliffe, and uh, he just uh, he went about in a workman's way. He didn't really talk about it. He he, he and he's done a great job with the Denver Broncos, and uh, that's a team that, depending on what happens this week, uh, might have home field advantage. And I tell you, it's going to be tough to beat the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning if they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, to me, in my opinion, there's only one team in the AFC that can go to Mile beat them, and that's the New England Patriots. Uh, and uh, if Houston, Texas, Texans end up with a home field advantage, I feel that Peyton or Tom Brady can go to Houston and win. I just don't feel that strongly about uh, Houston, Texas. You know, um, I think it's, it's really something that we missed um, seeing um, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady go at it head-to-head to see who goes to the Super Bowl or who goes to the next level in the playoffs. And, man, this is uh, something that the true, the true football fans, the true fanatics of the game can't wait to see. And we really, really hope that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are going to be able to meet in a game for the for the um, for the AFC Championship. Man, what a game that would be to see these two guys uh, match up for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I tell you, football is going to um, definitely benefit from Peyton Manning and Tom uh, Tom Brady doing battle. Uh, th- those teams they have a little work to do, but. Uh, it's just sure interesting for a sports fan when you get two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, uh, meeting them against each other. They're both highly competitive guys, and uh, you know, I've had the the honor of playing with both of those great quarterbacks, man. But uh, I have to be biased. I'm 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 going for Tom Brady because uh, Go Blue University, the Michigan Wolverine connection. But, uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of love for Peyton Manning and the hard work. I tell you what, there's no guy that works as hard as Peyton Manning. You know, it's just unbelievable the things, the things that he's been able to do this year. Uh, and uh, it's just a testament to his hard work and his dedication to the sport. And he's one of those guys that he, he truly cares about his legacy, how he's going to be remembered. He don't play for money. Um, he played. He played the game the way it's supposed to be played. He's trying to win another championship, and and I know he's driven to get another one. Yeah, I, I know he is too, and uh, I just can't wait to see him do standing in the playoffs this year. You know, this year the NFL um, went through some changes. They um, we had this bounty gate thing. Our commissioner Roger Goodell suspended the uh, the New Orleans Saints coach for the entire season. Suspended the. Um, Assistant head coach, he suspended the general manager. He suspended four guys that played on the New Orleans Saints team. I mean, he really almost just gutted that team. And um, you know, this this has been appealed, and it's still some things going on. Um, you know, um, one of the guys from the University of Miami, Jonathan Vilma, who who pretty much kind of spearheaded the appeal, 
who's really said, hey, we're not going to let you steamroll us, Roger Goodell. I'm not going to let you um, blasphemy, blasphemy, just blast my name all over everything and make these bad comments about me. I'm not going to stand by and let this happen. You have to be accountable. If you say these things are so, show us, show us the proof. Show us the evidence that these things are, are true. And so far, Roger Goodell has not been able to prove this. And it really seems like it was um, done in vain almost. That they just gutted that team and suspended all of these people. For what? For what? They really haven't come out and told us for what? A uh, bounty gate, uh, you know. Uh, that, that, that was tough. You know, that was a, a major story throughout the offseason leading into the year. But one thing is, is none of those guys missed games because of the appeal process. And uh, eventually they were exonerated when uh, – Godal stepped away and uh, he brought in the old commissioner, Paul Tagliabue, to oversee the process. And Tagliabue uh, decided that there was evidence, but everything was tainted. So he allowed the players to to continue to play and uh, they were exonerated. So, uh, you know, but that's, that's one of the rare cases where the system actually worked out for the players because of the appeal process. And, uh it's, it's interesting, but uh, I, I really feel that that whole process, uh, it, it really kind of, it was a lot to bear for the New Orleans Saints. And uh, that's kind of why uh, they, they struggled this year. You know, that, that was a lot for them to overcome. Uh, and at the end of the day, the players were allowed to play, but they lost their head coach, the leader. They lost the general manager for eight games. They lost the assistant head coach, uh, Vitt, for uh for half of the season, and it was just a lot for them to overcome. They started off with one five, one five straight game, and then they kind of fell apart again. But uh, it, it's uh, it, it was tough. It was a big, it was big news in the NFL. But hey, guys, I just want you to let you know you're listening to Sports Info. You, I'm on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back after this quick break to continue to recap 2012 and move forward to 2013. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, you know, um, Last year's the last year's first round pick, first pick in the NFL draft was the Heisman Trophy winner, Cam Newton. This year, in 2012, the first player selected in the NFL draft was not the Heisman Trophy winner. However, he's turned out to be a very, very good player in the NFL, and the Heisman Trophy winner went a close. First, but he was actually the second pick in the NFL draft, and he's also having a phenomenal season this year. I'm talking about Andrew Luck and Rob Griffin at third, Sam. I mean, this kid, Andrew Luck, is, man, he's, he's having a, 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 a sensational season, and, and he's really protecting himself. And I really admire Andrew Luck. He has a little speed where he can run the ball, but this guy is really taking advantage of every second he has in the pocket. He stands there, he stands there, and he finds an open receiver. And you just ran away from the you. Well, I, I, I just got to ask a question. Who is the luckiest owner in all of pro football? Wow. It has to be Jim Irsay. First, you had paid man in the face of your franchise for more than 10 years. And then all of a sudden, there's a little adversity. Payton's hurt. No one knows if he's going to be able to play and who falls into your lap. The best pro prospect since John Elway, Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck, what, what has Andrew Luck done for the Colts? He has taken a team that was 2-14 last year that had the number one pick, which they selected him. He's led them to 10 victories in 15 games. And they're in the playoffs. You talk about a success story. They're only the second team in the history of the NFL to lose 14 games and turn around and make the playoffs the next year. And I tell you, Andrew Luck had a lot to do with that process. And with the number two pick, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Robert Griffin III, RG3. I mean, you're talking about a man who's known by RG3. And uh, he hasn't done nothing but impress uh, in the National Football League. Uh, he, he is an outstanding prospect along with Andrew Luck. And uh, those two guys are going to be the face of the NFL for years to come and stay healthy. Uh, you're talking about uh, in RG3, a, a young man that has really saved the head coach, Mike Shanahan, a Hall of Fame coach who was uh, struggling with the Washington Redskins. Uh, you know, Washington paid a hefty price to get RG3. But I tell you what, they would pay a little bit more if they were going to get these results. Well, that, that's for sure, Sam. I mean, that's for sure. And, and you look at this kid, um, Griffin, man. You know, he, he suffered what some consider was 
probably going to be a season-ending knee injury last week. And he came back this week and played. You know, I mean, this kid is not only not only is he is he mentally tough, he's physically a tough guy. But you know, Sam, I look at this kid, Russell Wilson, who also came out in this draft and was not even a first-round pick, who's probably playing at a level of a first-round player. You know, and again, I just have to speak on him if we're going to talk about these quarterbacks in this draft. Let's let's just. Tap into this Russell Wilson kid. Just for a second. I mean, here's a kid that went to two colleges, was drafted in the, in in in, in, uh, in Major League Baseball, and here he is starting for the Seattle Seahawks team that drafted me in the eleventh round, nineteen eighty seven. Wow, was that a long time ago, Sam? No, he's not starting. He's starting for the Seattle. Starring, I like that because he is. Uh, he, he's having an unbelievable season, and you're talking about. Well, the best bang for your buck. You look no farther than uh, Russell Wilson was taken with the 75th pick in the NFL draft in the third round. And he's leading a franchise to the playoffs. And I'm, you're talking about one of the most dangerous teams in all of football, the Seattle Seahawks. They've scored over 50 points twice in the last three weeks. They put 42 points on the 49ers. Embarrassed them and on Sunday night in front of America, and they sent the message that we will not be stopped. We have a young quarterback that we trust, and we're going to let him lead us. And I, and I really feel that he can take them to the promised land with the defense that they have and the way Russell Wilson's playing. Uh, you're talking about a young man who doesn't get the respect of Andrew Luck and RG3 because he wasn't drafted as high. And, and you and I know that both know that a lot of this, a lot of this media hype is determined where you're picked. And for those two young men, you can't take anything away from them. They deserve all the ink that they're getting. But I tell you, Russell Wilson does not get enough credit for the job that he's done with Seattle. And earlier in the season, if you watch the Seattle Seahawks play football earlier this year, they kind of, um, they kind of catered and, you know, they watered down the game plan. They, they were very conservative. But now you can tell lately they have been trusting Russell Wilson and he has done nothing but deliver for the Seattle Seahawks. And I, I'll tell you what, this is my prediction right here, right now. Seattle Sea The Seattle Seahawks can go anywhere and beat anybody with the way they're playing because they play a very physical brand of football on defense and they have a running back and a lynch, uh, the beast and he that that's truly what he is he runs with the passion and he runs violent and uh with the way Russell Wilson's playing it's going to be tough to beat this Seattle team so Sam are you predicting the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl I'm predicting the Seattle Seahawks will beat in that worst case scenario in the NFC championship game all right I like that hey man you know um last year um this year Super Bowl champions were the New York Giants. I mean, and, and you just have to take your hat off to this guy, Tom Coughlin, who's won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants in recent years and has really just been a phenomenal coach who's almost been on the verge of being fired a couple of times. And including this year, we're probably going to hear whispers of Tom Coughlin's a little old, a little aged. Um, Tom Coughlin should be um, leaving the Giants. Uh, it's time for 
for some fresh blood to come in there. And I'm sure if you talk to any of the guys that play for Tom Coughlin, they're not saying that. So, man, I just want to say congratulations to Tom Coughlin for winning the Super Bowl in 2012. And it's yet to be the determined who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. But Tom Coughlin, in my mind, has been uh, the coach of the decade for sure. I don't know about the coach of the decade, um, but yeah, I tell you, I, I tell you what, Tom Coughlin has done an outstanding job. The one thing uh, uh, with the Giants lately, they've uh, been a uh, very hot and cold, and uh, you know, when they won the Super Bowl last year, it seems so long ago that they that they are the defending Super Bowl champions. You know, they struggled and they they got hot at the end of the season. And everybody said, oh, will they be able to, to, to rekindle that magic? It just hasn't happened for them this year. But I, I tell you what, there's a lot of teams out there that, that have their fingers crossed and they're hoping that the Giants don't somehow get into the playoffs. They do not control their own destiny with getting to the playoffs. The one thing they have to do is they have to win and then let everything happen. And after everything happens, you know, if they get into the defense, I would want to play the, the New York football Giants. You know, and, and the Giants have, have done it almost sort of like with Smoke and Mirrors this year. You know, um, that uh, Hicks was hurt. Um, they're running back. The run game is not what it was, but it has been in the past. Um, you know, I mean, the Hurricane Sandy hit in New York. Then the situation in Connecticut, the Newtown. You know, I think these, a lot of people don't realize how much these things affect a team because a team is such a big, big, big part of a community. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people come out to see a team. And in return, a team does things for the community. They visit people in hospitals. They, they do community services. So it's, that team is a big part of the community. And just like the, the community needs them, the team needs the community. And when the community is, is suffering or going through challenges, that team is going through those challenges as well. So um, it doesn't surprise me that the Giants are still um, dealing with some, some issues from Hurricane Sandy and, like I said, the situation in Connecticut, which is not very far from New York City, man. Uh, those are definitely two two very uh, tough cases, uh, two very sad cases, but uh, especially the Connecticut uh, shooting and then you, the Sandy before that. Uh, you know, it, it does weigh on the players, and uh, you know the players, they do little things. They hear stories about some of the someone uh, being a fan and, and they reach out. And a lot of these stories, they go unnoticed. They're not doing for any media hype. It's just they're doing it from the bottom of their hearts and just to let the community know that, hey, we care and uh, we're human just like you. And uh, and I know any parent that has a kid that takes them to school, the Connecticut situation, it, it, it hit very close to home. And uh, it, it was a very sad, sad situation. And Victor um, Cruz, he went out of his way to reach out to a family of a young man that was a a fan, and, and, and those are some of the stories that sometimes get lost. And uh, it, it was just a, a wonderful thing that he did. He talked to the to the father. He talked to the brother. He cried with him and just let him know that he'll be there to help him. And it was just a just a wonderful thing. And it really puts the sports world on the back burner when stuff like that happens. Right. You know, um, Coach Andy Reid who definitely will not be with the Philadelphia Eagles next year. And Michael Vick 
Pickett will definitely not be with the Philadelphia Eagles next year. In this case, definitely, but it's a strong possibility he will not be with them next year. You know, Andy Reid lost his son at training camp while they were training uh, in Philadelphia. And I don't think we really, really, really understand how much of the passion for the game he had to lose, how much of the focus for the game he had to lose when he lost someone who we thought he was protecting, keeping them close to the team. You know, and I just really think we, we kind of lose track of, of, of what a person is going through when they have such losses in their life, man, and, in, and, and even in the community. So Andy is not going to be with the team next year. Um, he probably needs to take some time off from coaching and get himself together and maybe in a year or so take you off. He comes back. I think he'll be a, still be an outstanding coach. But the loss of, loss of his son, man, really, I think it's set him back a bit. Uh, definitely a tough situation. Uh, like, like you mentioned, he brought him in uh, to be closer to the team and uh, hopefully it'll help him to get away from some of his demons. But it's... Uh, as a father, I know it has to be a very tough and trying time for Coach Reed. But, uh, you know, uh, some, sometimes the best thing to do in a situation like that is to get back work and try to to take your mind off it. Because sometimes when you're idle and you, you just hear you think about it and uh, it only makes things worse. And uh, I'm sure in Coach Reed's case, he wanted to get back to work and just try to get back to a close to normal life as possible and uh that's coaching football that's what he do but uh i i really feel that uh his time in philadelphia is up but i will say that uh i don't think he'll be at work long hey guys yeah, you're listening to sports info you them on the voice america network we'll be right back recapping 2012 and moving forward to 2013 after this break School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam. We just finished talking about how Andy Reid brought his son to um, to um, Philadelphia. Hey, Rex Ryan brought Tim Tebow to New York, the Giants. And he already had Mark Sanchez, a first-round pick at quarterback for his team. And some of us knew that this was going to cause a disturbance, cause some problems. But you know, Rex Ryan has almost been one of those coaches, I'm going to do it my way. This is how we do it. This is what we do over here in New York. And it doesn't seem to have panned out for him. And Rex Ryan is probably definitely not going to be back with the Philadelphia, with the um, New York Jets. And I don't think Tim Tebow is going to be back with the New York Jets. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if Mark Sanchez is playing in, in Arizona or, or St. Louis or maybe not St. Louis, but uh, maybe even Jacksonville. If I don't see him coming back to, um, to New York. And as far as Tim Tebow coming to Jacksonville, I don't see that at all either. I just can't see it. I, I guess Daryl with the uh, the Rex Ryan and uh, want to do it his way. Uh, I, I'm not really so that it was Rex's call. Was it the GM? Was it the owner? Was it a way to sell tickets to to create a media storm? Uh, you know, in reality, the New York Giants did just win the Super Bowl. So what better way to get headlines? You bring in Tim Tebow. You try to upstage your the the host of the city. The, the toast of the city, the New York uh, Giants, the Super Bowl champs. And uh, what better way to do that? You bring in Tim Tebow, you create instant headlines. Uh, but, but I tell you what, if you're a football person, if you're a football mind, uh, you, you have a question. What was the intent? Was it to sell tickets? Uh, because you, you you should have known you, you were not going to win many more football games with Tim Tebow. Uh, you know, I think Tim Tebow is a wonderful guy. I think Tim Tebow uh, definitely has a, a role in the National Football League. Is it a quarterback? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I feel if Tim Tebow can just sit and uh, learn the learn position, he'll have a shot at being a, a decent quarterback, maybe a guy that can come in and help a team out later on down the road. Is he a guy that's ready to be a big-time quarterback right now? No. He can take some wild Cat snaps, but he can take wildcat snaps as an H back or a fullback. I, I really feel Tim Tebow is going to have a future in the National Football League. He's going to have to, he's going to have to make a position switch. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk this week that Tim Tebow uh, didn't want to be included in the wildcat. Package and Tim Tebow came out and said, "Oh, you know that's not true." He was upset about not uh, starting. He voiced his opinion. Well, uh, my take on that: these teams pay you a lot of money. These teams, uh, head coaches, they're uh, they get paid a lot of money to make decisions. The uh, general managers get paid a lot of money to make decisions. Uh, Tim Tebow is not best fit for that team. Uh, I think the, the Jets got it right when they started McElroy at quarterback this week. Uh, did, did they get the results they wanted? No. Uh, but I, I don't think it would have been any better with Tim Tebow playing. And, you know, the, the one thing that's kind of interesting to me is the national media. They say, oh, it's about time Tim Tebow stands up for himself. 
You know, if this would have been a minority quarterback that's questioning the coach, that's questioning the GM, you know, I, I really feel, Daryl, that uh, it could have been the end of a that quarterback's career. Look at, uh, look at Vin Young. He's having a hard enough time because he's having – quote-unquote, some financial problems. And uh, you, you tell me Tim Tebow is better a quarterback, better Wildcat quarterback than Vince Young. Uh, I'll tell you that it's raining cats and dogs outside. You tell me that those quarterbacks in Arizona, that, uh, Vince Young can do a better job than them. I'll tell you it's raining cats and dogs outside there. So, uh, you know, you, you definitely have to be careful what you say as a quarterback, what you say as a player. But I also think that uh, – their their media team Tim Tebow passing the aspect that oh it's great that he's finally decided to um to um stand up to the Jets. Give me a break. Give me a break. And that's enough for Tim Tebow, man. I mean, really, we shouldn't be talking about somebody that's not. Hey, there another story though, man. That, that, that's really uh you know as a football player and as a competitor that really got me a little upset. And uh it, the the Brown Lomas. Brown. He, he was a Detroit line for many years. He was an offensive tackle. Uh, he, he works for uh, ESPN. And, uh, he's a he's an analyst. He's, he's doing a he's doing a good job. Uh, I, I really think he made a big mistake when he came out and said that uh, he he missed blocks on purpose to try to let his quarterback Scott Mitchell get hurt. I just want to know what's your thoughts on that. You know, and I know Lomas Brown um, fairly well. Uh, he recruited me to play at play for University of Florida. I didn't go. Um, however, he was from Miami, the city of Miami. He knew a lot of my current teammates while I was at Miami because that's where he went to high school. As a matter of fact, he went to high school with one of my teammates, Ed Brown. And uh, it was it really it took me for a loop, man, to hear someone that I spo- I've really looked up to in a, in a lot of ways. You know, um, he's always. Um, presented himself in a very professional manner, and he's always a very, very polite man, you know. And to hear him say that he missed an assignment on purpose so his quarterback could get hit because he was playing so bad. You know, like, what, what is he thinking? That if he let him get hit, he's going to play better? Come on, man. That just don't make sense to me. And, and I, I really, I really, I'm really concerned that this could hurt his career. Uh, in the long run, because you know we, we've seen people do some silly things working for um, for uh, for for the ESPN network, and they never they never are heard from again. Sean Salisbury, I played with him at Seattle. He did something stupid with ESPN and has never been heard from again. At least on the East Coast, maybe they talk about him on the West Coast, but we don't hear nothing about Sean Salisbury on the East Coast. Hey, uh, you really don't. It, it, it's sad to see. Uh, that, that's one of those moments that you wish that God never said it. I wish, uh, I'm sure Lomas wished that he could have it back. But uh, there's just no place in sports for that. It, it, to me, it was just poor, poor taste, uh, poor taste of sportsmanship. Not sending the right message to our kids today. Uh, just, just, just bad. Hey, let's uh, another thing I want to re- really hit on is one of the best comebacks to comebacks to me in the history of sports. Adrian Peterson and uh, outstanding job he's done. Uh, he's he's threatening the two thousand yard mark. It's going to be tough for him to break uh, Eric Dickerson's rushing record, but for men to to come off of an ACL injury less than a year and to return to form and the and to have a career year. 
at the running back position to me that's more amazing than what Peyton Manning has done even though Peyton Manning sat out a whole year he had time to rehab you just do not come off of ACL, ACL injuries in the time frame that Adrian Peterson has done and put up the yards that he has put up and uh, another young man that I really want to mention also he's, he's kind of lost the shuffle he's also having a career year after coming off ACL injuries Jamal Charles from the um, Kansas City Chiefs he is a uh, close to 1,500 yards, which is a new career high for him. Uh, just amazing job by both of those young men. And uh, just let you know, when you put in a, uh, you put in the time and effort and the rehab, the great things are possible. Because before, as a running back, it, it was close to two years recovery to coming off that type of injury. So just an outstanding job for those guys. And, you know, Sam, I, I really wonder which one can you applaud the most? And and somebody's going to say, hey, an ACL is an ACL. You got to applaud them equally. You know, and, um, and, and another guy, man, I guess you want to really take your hat to this year is Calvin Johnson, man. Man, Calvin Johnson just hit the 2,000-yard mark, um, breaking Jerry Rice's record. Wow. You know, that 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 is that is a phenomenal feat for him. Record has been around for a while too. He's also he also beat the man curse, you know. Yeah. A, a lot of times when you get on that man uh, cover, man, guys get hurt. And yeah. uh, You know, he he kind of started off slow, but he is uh, man. He to me, he's the LeBron James of football. He's just an amazing, amazing receiver. And uh, the lines have struggled, but he has definitely done his part. He it's uh, I, I just wonder what the number the type of numbers he'll. To put up, he had a solid number two receiver uh, to to support him. So, uh, Calvin Johnson, Detroit Lions, man, he's definitely earned that contract that the Lions rewarded him with. And uh, I just think he's only going to get better. He has a great quarterback throwing him the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that that's a job that a lot of coaches would love to see come open because of uh, the Stafford Johnson uh, connection that the Lions have. For sure. And let me ask you a question, Sam, not to get off track, but which is harder, 2,000 yards rushing or 2,000 yards receiving? Wow. Uh, that, that, that's a great question. I, I, I think that they are equally uh, – it's about the same, man. You know, we're in uncharted territory with the 2,000 receiving yards, uh, especially when you don't have a legitimate number uh, two receiver. Uh, but as I say that, I think about Adrian Peterson and uh, the lack of a, 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 a passing game that he has now that Percy Harvin is out. So I, I think that the job that both of those young men has done has been outstanding. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's also unfair that uh, no one is putting uh, – Kevin Johnson in the MVP conversation, you know, that's has really been a, a two-headed race between Peyton Manning and Adrian Peterson. And, uh, you know, for a guy to, to get 2,000 yards receiving and, and not get an MVP, well, that's going to be kind of tough. And, and that's possibly going to happen, you know. Also, when uh, when uh, Chris Johnson won for over 2,000 yards, I don't think he got MVP vote the year uh, he rushed for over 2,000 so in this case, I, I think they're they carry about the same weight because you you look at the teams. But uh, Adrian Peterson, he has the Vikings in the thick of the playoff race, man. And uh, if that team goes ten and six, no one predicted that. He definitely saved Le Leslie Frazier's job. Uh, this guy should be the MVP, in my opinion. Well, you know, I I, I really haven't decided on this MVP thing yet because Peyton Manning comes off a 
four neck surgeries. And when you start talking about the neck, man, it's almost it's just a few inches from the brain. I, I really I, have to I think really think about that. that. I really think that you're really on the Peyton bandwagon now because you gave him so much uh, grief in the off season, saying, "Oh, he wouldn't come back; he wouldn't be able to finish." So, so now you jumped on the bandwagon. That's fine. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I, I love the position I'm in. <laughs> hey, but you know, Sam, back on this Calvin Johnson thing. One more comment on him. As a receiver, and we've seen this happen many times. You can catch four passes and have 180 yards in receiving. You, you, it's very rare you're going to see a guy in the NFL have four catches, uh, four runs for over 100 yards. It's just, it's just hard. And even though a running back is probably going to catch the ball twice, twice as many times as a top receiver, it's just really hard to get those 2,000 yards rushing. I think it's harder because a receiver can get five, six catches a game and have over 200 yards where a running back, he's going to need all 18, all 22, all 28 carries to get his 200 yards. And he's going to take a pounding every time he touches the ball. And sometimes when he don't have the ball, he's going to take a pounding. I think you're a little biased because you play running back. But, hey, we'll hit on that as we come to our last segment. If you're listening to Sports Info, UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Hey, Sam, let's talk about this Pogo a little bit. You know, I see some people, uh, like Mike, he's not, he's not going to make the Pro Bowl this year. The Atlanta Falcons would not be where they're at if it wasn't for Riley. Riley. You know what I'm saying? I just can't, I, this is one I, I don't see. However, if they this year's Pro Bowl is played at the same tempo that last year's Pro Bowl is played at, they might as well just put skirts on them or not even skirts. Let's just play some flag football in our jerseys and, um, and shorts. 
tonight is what made it through and touch game on the, the, the NFL is uh, in serious talks about getting rid of the Pro Bowl game and trying to come up with something creative to replace that. But uh, I, I tell you, uh, a lot of people may, might say that uh, the Pro Bowl selected the wrong Falcons receiver. Julio Jones got the nod over uh, teammate Roddy White. Uh, you, you know, Roddy White had more catches. Uh, he had 87 to Julio's uh, 76. He had more yards, 1,309 to Julio's 1,142. Uh, Julio did have 10 touchdowns to Roddy's seven. I think both those guys are equally important to the Falcons, and uh, both of those guys are going to make the Falcons a very dangerous team uh, when it comes time for the playoffs, and they have home field advantage. Uh, the the pick that kind of surprised me is uh, Richard Sherman, the, the great corner for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I, I really feel that he's the best corner in all of football, and uh, I, I really feel that uh, the the accusation of him being accused of using performance enhancing drugs uh, really hurt his chances of making the play, uh, the, making the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, if you talk to football people, or if you just watch him, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to find a corner that's better than him. And you're talking about a guy that's only been playing cornerback for maybe three years. He was a receiver at Stanford before he switched. Uh, another pick, uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant is having a great season for the Dallas Cowboys. He didn't make it. And uh, t- to me, uh, I look at Victor Cruz and, and Des Bryant. Victor Cruz is a great receiver. To me, he's a little overexposed. But Des Bryant is at it. He's going to demand a double team. He's, he's going to really be the focal point of a defense. And for him, to not make the uh, the Pro Bowl is it's kind of tough, but uh, I, I also think in the Des Bryant situation, it's one of those cases where people look at his off-field problems, look at him being in the media for negative reasons, and uh, I think that really the, the fan really uh, held that against him. Uh, and and another issue I have with the Pro Bowl voting is uh, you know, it's a third players, a third coaches, and a third fans. A lot of times when it comes down to fans, it's a popularity contest, and you don't always get your best players. Uh, you get guys who have uh, made the Pro Bowl four or five years in a row, and now the fans are just going to vote them in. So it, it's one of those things. And also at, at quarterback, uh, Matt Schwab from the Texans, uh, yeah, he's he's led his team to a lot of victories, but uh, I really feel that Andy Dalton, the job he's done with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, was a little more deserving, or even Andrew Luck was uh, a lot more deserving than uh, Schwab. Well, you know, so, the, the situation with Des Bryant, Des Bryant didn't play very well early in the season. In the middle of the season, he was still making these mistakes like he was in training camp almost. And not until people like um, like Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Drew Pearson came out and said, hey, man, you're wearing the number 88. You got to represent. You got to step your game up. Till, and till then, he had not played that that well. He was not consistent. He was inconsistent. So I can see why he did not make the Pro Bowl being inconsistent like he was. But this guy, Rob, Rob Gronkowski, man, for the New England Patriots taking the Pro Bowl, I, I, it, this guy got hurt. He he's the hurt. best tight end in football. So uh, but he, you, but he, but whether he, he's he, hurt or whether he's he's uh, the best tight end, but is he able to be on the field? He can't be the best if you can't be on the field. Injuries is a part of the game, man. When this guy, when this guy right. is on the field, there there's not a better tight end in all of the National Football League than this guy. And hey, they, that goes back to the popularity contest. But you know, uh, the fans are a third. 
the players and the coaches are a third. So, uh, you, you know, there's nothing. I would rather be voted in by my peers than by the fans. I'll say this. Rob Mkowski did not play. He played poorly in the Super Bowl because he was injured. All right? He has not played in the last four games, I don't think. So we can't expect him to have a, a great um, um, postseason this year. So I, I, just, I, I still question him, man. Um, but but I, at the same time, I'm very happy to see Wes Welker making a Pro Bowl again. And this has not been one of his best seasons, but he's had a really good season. And, and I'm happy to see him, him in there. But, hey, man, to see Andre Johnson – and Reggie Wayne, late in their career, representing the University of Miami like they do in the NFL. Wow. That, that, goes, back to, that goes back to those popularity <laughs> picks and being popular amongst the fans, man. That, that, look at Ed Reed made it, man. Ed, Come on, man. Ed, Ed Reed is a, definitely a Hall of Fame football player. There's no doubt in that. But is Ed Reed a Pro Bowl safety at this age? I, I, I'm hard-pressed to say he is right now. Uh, Reggie Wayne, the job he's done with the young quarterback, hey, man, he get my vote. But uh, Ed Reed's still a good football player, got a lot of football ahead of him, but he's on the downswing of his career. Uh, and uh, you, you talk about Wes Welker, man. You, yeah, it looked earlier that the Patriots was trying to phase him out, but they only phased him out to the tune of 110 catches and 1,260 yards. You know, he's the first player in league history to post five 100-catch seasons. And, uh, and you know, when they come down to Hall of Fame, he's going to have those numbers. But it's going to be one of those situations where is he a product of the system or is he a Hall of Fame player? You know, and when you look at uh, Eric Berry, I just can't see. I don't see what he did this year. He, he was hurt quite a bit, even even had injuries last year. He just didn't do enough to me to, to make Pro Bowl. I just can't see that. Uh, yeah, it's one of those guys that, uh, you know, for especially the way his team struggled. Yeah. And uh, make the Pro Bowl. But, hey, uh, I guess when you got fans that come out and vote for you, that's part of the process, too. So you can't really knock the process. And that's true, man. But, uh, you know, here's another one of these you guys, Vince Woolfolk, who's consistent Pro Bowl every year. And and just a consistent player every year. He's always staying every year, man. Yeah, he's a big he's a big part of a definitely a big part of what the uh, New England Patriots do. Uh, and to me, uh, he is uh, when you're trying to run a three four system. He is definitely the guy, the type of player that you want when you talk about the the nose that's going to command the double team. That's Vince Wilf- Wilfo. But hey, man, just a uh, recap in 2012. Just some of the great sports stories this year. Uh, some some of the stuff that really uh, got me going. The, the Olympics this past uh, summer in uh, in London. Uh, you know, a lot of times there, there's there's sports moments that you forget, and there's those rare moments that you would never forget. And uh, to me, one of those moments where if you uh, had the opportunity to watch Hussein Bolt run the 100 meters or the 200 meters, that's something that you uh, remember for a lifetime. And, uh, you know, those sort of stories that, that you would never, ever forget as long as you live in the way he electrified not only that stadium, but the world. Uh, and when everyone was watching to see what he do, uh, 
man, did he put on the show. Yes, he did. You know, he that's one of those moments you're going to say, man, I remember exactly where I was when Hussein Bolt won his second gold in the Olympics. You know, that that was quite a feat, man, for sure. Yep. And then, uh, how about Gabby that just, uh, she uh, just captured America's attention, a, a young lady that was sent away from her parents to, to go to Iowa to train, and uh, you're talking about just a wonderful story and for her to win an individual gold medal. It, it was just wow, and uh, just a smile that just lit up all the magazines, uh, just captured the TV audience just captured the world, man. It, it, it was just, it was just wonderful. Uh, Olympic basketball team, uh, LeBron James, those guys on his back, refusing to lose. Uh, that, that's just stuff that just when you talk about legacies and how guys are going to be remembered, uh, just, just some of the wonderful things that happened this past year. And the women's Olympic gold basketball team, you know, they've won so many medals in gold basketball. Wow. Who can keep up count with all the medals they've won in basketball? But but to me, the one guy that, that really didn't disappoint uh, all eyes was on him, uh, Michael Phelps, man. You're talking about possibly the greatest Olympian of all time. He's definitely the most decorated uh, Olympi- Olympian of all times uh, for him to go out and uh, perform at the level that he performed. It's just amazing. It is amazing. Michael Phelps is an amazing athlete. You know, and I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And let's hope to see him back in the Olympics um, in, in 2016. I think it's going to be a great thing to see him back in the Olympics. There is a possibility that he's coming back. Yeah, he says he's done. But, you know, I think after a year or two, the competitive juices are going to start flowing again. It's going to be tough for him to just say, hey, I'm I'm." I can really see him coming back and just uh, focusing on two or three events and uh, being successful again. Uh, but hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM. This will be our last show of 2012. We're moving forward to 2013. Looking forward to some big and bright things coming forward. Uh, we're going to keep you posted. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, just stay tuned for it. Uh, great sports information from uh, Daryl and Sam. Uh, we'll be back next week in 2013. Happy New Year. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.